Welcome to episode 85 of the Farm Exec Podcast. I'm Elaine Quilici, Senior Editor of Farm Exec Magazine and your podcast host. Farm Exec Magazine is a multimedia publishing brand that brings you the latest commercial insights for the C-suite. On this week's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Teresa Batetti, President of Takeda Pharmaceuticals Global Oncology Business Unit. Teresa talks about her experience as a leader in the oncology space and what that entails in today's environment. Let's take a quick break from our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Teresa. What if you had limitless access to customer insights, accelerated timelines, and set fees? At Truth Serum Network, we're fueled by connections in virtually every area of healthcare as part of MJH Life Sciences. The result? Audience-fed creative and more powerful content in less time. True Serum Network, releasing what's real. Find out more at truestherumntwk.com. Hello, podcasters. Today I'll be interviewing Teresa Batetti, president of the Global Oncology Business Unit at Takeda Pharmaceuticals. Teresa is here to discuss the dynamic nature of the oncology space and how leadership style and corporate culture play an important role in managing such a business. Thanks for joining us today, Teresa. Oh, delighted to be here. Thank you for having me. So what makes working in oncology so unique and exciting today? Oncology is such a unique space, I think, in terms of the pace of innovation that's going along, the medical technological advances, and the hidden secrets that continue to be there in terms of trying to stop cancer in its path. And what's exciting with oncology is that I feel like the science is moving at an exponential pace. When you look at sort of the, the advances of what we've had in the last few years, and it, and it just, it continues to accelerate. And so it's the speed of the science. It's the fact that the regulatory pathways are, you know, allow for an ability to accelerate in getting medicines to the market because the regulators get to the high unmet need. And that in and of itself is another reason that makes oncology so exciting to be in is that there is so much unmet need. You know, we refer to oncology or cancer. It's, it's a very broad umbrella term, but there's so many subsets and different, almost different disease states within that, that there's a plethora of unmet need. And I think you put all those dynamics together and you have a really fast paced environment where the guidelines are changing, your medicines are coming on board, the science is shifting. It makes for a very dynamic place to be. And it also, you know, you couple that with, we make a difference. You know, I don't think there's a single one of us that hasn't been through ourselves or through extended family or friends been touched by cancer. And so there's also, in addition to all those dimensions that are happening, I think that there's a real passion for the purposefulness of what we're doing and why it matters. So that's why I actually think working in oncology does lend itself to a very unique and exciting environment. You know, we hear a lot about the importance of company culture. What role does culture play in oncology specifically? Well, you know, I'm a big proponent of focusing on culture and it's a, you know, sometimes that's a hard thing to get your hands around, but it is very real and it is a significant factor in drawing in talent. So, you know, in oncology today, it's really competitive to get good talent. And in some ways, the ticket to the dance is the science, but there's a lot of companies out there that have good science 
So if you really want to, you know, retain and um, attract the talent, then you better have a good culture. And, and people are going to want to know about that. They're going to want to hear about that. They'll talk to friends, word of mouth. And I think what creates a good culture is one where there is an openness, a transparency, where it is collaborative and where people have a shared purpose in terms of their passion and shared values. And, and I mean, I, I will tell you when I was with Bristol Myers Squibb for a very, very long time and loved that company and had no intention of leaving. And if it wasn't for the culture at Decada, because Decada had the science, right? It was the culture was a big piece that attracted me to want to be at this company. And again, there's a lot of companies that have the good science, but I firmly believe you need to couple that with the culture. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to move that science so fast. How has your leadership style contributed to your work at Takeda and Takeda's vision at large? I don't take myself too seriously, but I take what I do really seriously. And so, you know, to me, I think it's very important to have fun doing what you're doing. I mean, we all work, you know, we all work super long hours. And so I sort of feel like if you can infuse laughter and some sense of entertainment into what you do, it helps ease what can be a tremendous amount of stress in the fast-paced environments in which we work. And I think it creates an energy of, okay, it's a safe place. We're going to have fun. We're taking this stuff really seriously, but we're not going to take ourselves too seriously. I think it creates a, a very positive energy. And, you know, and it is interesting in that I think research has also shown that laughter is linked with like a higher sense of motivation and productivity. I think there's something very real to that. It's not just the light thing. I also believe that it's very important to have a culture where there's transparency, where there is directness of communication. So if there's an elephant in the room, call it, name it, put it on the table, talk about it. I think you need to be very careful. You're not looking to assign blame because I think that's very negative. But what I think is incredibly positive, if there is a willingness and a demonstration on the part of leaders to, if a mistake is made, either by yourself or some like just, you know, just put it on the table. What's the issue? What are we handling here? And then you can address it quickly and fast. And, you know, to me, once you do that and people aren't worried about taking a risk of pointing out what the problem is, you can move faster as a business. You can move much faster. So I think that that is very important too, is creating a culture of openness and calling out where there's issues so you can address it quickly. You know, I, I also want to make sure that, yeah, you know, we might have a hierarchy in terms of corporate governance, but that we're working together as a team. People aren't working for me, they're working with me. And I think that extends across the entire leadership team. And I think it's very important, particularly if you're trying to engender that environment of openness and transparency. And I also think as a leader, it's important to make sure that you are surrounding yourself with individuals that complement your strengths that are more knowledgeable in areas, you know, certain areas that maybe you don't have as much knowledge or that bring a diversity and a very different perspective or a very different background. I think all those things combined create the culture or help, you know, engender that culture that I think is important to sort of driving the business forward. Let's talk about the relationship between R&D and commercialization. Why is that so important in oncology? Well, let me put it this way. I think it's important in all therapeutic areas. To me, given how fast, for the reasons that I talked about what makes oncology so exciting, the pace of the science, the pace of the competition, the changes in the regulatory pathways, the you know ever-shifting and new unmet need, it makes it even more urgent 
that R&D and commercial are together. And, you know, there's sometimes I hear people say, well, you know, when's the handoff from R&D to commercial when we're developing an asset? There is no handoff. If you're doing it right, you're in lockstep. You are from the, you know, earliest days of the asset or the drug to the days when it becomes a medicine and you're ready to launch it, there has to be a seamless working relationship between R&D and commercial because both are sort of symbiotic in terms of fueling the other, in terms of an understanding of the science, understanding what the market needs, helping R&D understand what patients need. It's not always self-evident, talking to patients, making sure we're talking to them and are we doing what matters to them? Are we bringing in a medicine that is meeting their needs or have we think there's a need that when there really isn't? So having that, you know, and, and also developing these trials in a way that these medicines will get the access quickly that they need. So you have to have that like inextricable, you know, tight connection with R&D from the very beginning. And I, I think that the best in class companies are the ones that do that really well, that do that really well. And, and, and there, it, it accelerates the ability to bring good medicines to market. So what have you learned from leading through a pandemic? And maybe how will those lessons shape Decada Oncology's future work model? You know, I will tell you, when we went into lockdown, I remember thinking like, oh, this is not going to go well. <laughs> I mean, we weren't, you know, I mean, all, I mean, all of a sudden, it just overnight, it's like all of a sudden, everyone's, everyone's at home. And what I still reflect on and what it fascinates me in human nature in general, and it makes me very proud of what I saw at Decada, is people do what they've got to do. And it was amazing to me how quickly people shifted, figured it out fast. There were no options. You had to work remotely. And, you know, there's a certain resilience and innovativeness, I think, to human nature when you're faced with a problem that, you know, there's no getting around that. You've got to work virtually. And we did it and we did it really quickly. And it also opened, I think, a lens of possibility that, I, that I, I don't think people really felt were internalized before. I think that a lot of folks thought we can't do this full-time remotely. That's not, that wouldn't be good for business. And I, I mean, I'm probably one of them. I was thinking, oh, you, you can't, you, how can you keep business moving if no one's ever together? And I think that that was a tremendous learning. And I think it was also in some ways, the extremeness of it allowed reopening of possibility. And so at, at Decada, we were very successful in shifting to a virtual environment. And, you know, yeah, it, it, it took a little time to kind of get used to it, but people got used to it. We found ways to do it well and to do it better and to get really good at it. And now as a company, we've gone back in to sort of say, okay, what do folks want going forward? Because you've seen the benefit that, you know, there has been some benefit of working remotely. And now that people have realized that, how do you want your future work environment to look? And 96% of our employees came back with a very clear message that they'd like a hybrid environment. And so that's something that we're going to do as we reopen our offices is recognize that there are things you can do virtually and you can do it very well. We do think and that, that there is an energy and an innovation that comes from the interpersonal interaction. We don't wanna lose that. So we do want time for the teams to be together and to be in person. And, you know, I find personally being with people is very energizing. So, I mean, I for one, I'm excited for those moments of being back together again, but it will allow for balance. A balance going forward that I don't think, you know, a year and a half ago, we would have envisioned was possible. 
So, you know, in some ways there's been, in the tragedy of COVID, I think that there's also been some silver linings in terms of a recognition and opening of possibilities for how we can continue to do business, continue to fill, you know, fulfill a purpose moving forward. Well, Teresa, thanks so much for being with us today. It's been really interesting learning about how oncology stands out from other therapeutic areas and what it's like to be a leader in that space today. Well, thank you for having me. It's my, one of my favorite topics. So I'm always happy to be talking about it. Thanks, Elaine. What if you had limitless access to customer insights, accelerated timelines, and set fees? At True Serum Network, we're fueled by connections in virtually every area of healthcare as part of MJH Life Sciences. The result? Audience-fed creative and more powerful content in less time. True Serum Network, releasing what's real. Find out more at TrueSerumNTWK.com. And now it's time for this week's leadership tips from Pharma Execs. Hi, I'm, I'm Teresa Batetti. I'm the president of the Global Oncology Business Unit at Takeda Pharmaceuticals. And my leadership tip is never lose sight of your purpose. It's so easy in today's environment with all that's coming at us and all that we have to do, sometimes you can get caught up in the day-to-day and always make sure that you pull back. And at 50,000 feet, you're looking down and remembering why you're doing what you're doing. And especially for those of us that are working in oncology and, and striving to deliver new medicines and new hope to patients. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's Farm Exec podcast. We are always pleased to take you behind the headlines, provide expert tips from industry leaders, and give you an inside look at what the Farm Exec staff is working on. Remember, you can always find us on the web at farmexec.com, on Twitter at farmexec, on Instagram at farmexecutives, and on YouTube. The views expressed on this podcast do not reflect the views of Farmexec, its parent company, or our advertisers. For editorial questions, please email editorial director Lisa Henderson at lhenderson at mjhlifesciences.com. And for sponsorship opportunities, please email group publisher Todd Baker at tbaker at mjhlifesciences.com.